Good morning and welcome to the Joy News Desk. My name is Kenneth Jesse. We're live on DSTV channel 421 and GoTV channel 125. We're home of independent, fearless and credible journalism. Coming up this hour, managers of radio stations shut down by the National Communications Authority. In Boko petitioned the regulators over what they describe as unfair treatment by the regulator. Details including reactions from some residents who express displeasure at the action of the NCA. With the increasing unemployment rate in the country, Mani Africa says many of the country's youths are financially stressed due to the unemployment crisis in the country. We have more as economist Kwame Pieni describes the increasing unemployment rate as a threat to the development of the country's economy. Today is a bit worrying uh, when you think about the youth. This my generation bequeathing to the youth. Also, ahead in this program, flag bearer of the NDC, John Mahama, says the six new regions created under the current government exist only in name. We have details plus business, sports, and entertainment coming up shortly. Stay tuned. Let's settle for the details now. As managers of the four radio stations shut down by the National Communications Authority, Mboko say they will petition both the NCA and the National Media Commission over the closure. The NCA, in a statement dated February 24, 2024, said it has shut down Boko FM, Source FM, Sahara FM, and Guma FM in Boko in the Upper East region, citing their alleged contribution to the ongoing conflict through inflammable speech. Speaking to Joy News, General Manager of Guma FM, Nuruddin Guma, said the NCA did not engage them on any of the allegations as he indicates they will pursue the matter. I, I really don't have problem with NCA or national security closing radio stations in Boko. The problem I have is that NCA issued letters for us. They, they gave us letters of authorization to start transmission. If they want to suspend, they need to just give us letters. And then we will close down. We would have adhered to it. But yesterday we were there. They just called us and said, we have some letters for you. Then we were at the office. The next thing we over 40 military officers stormed our radio station and just forced us to open our transmitters for all, uh, open our studios and other things. And when we opened, before they could hand over letters to us, they started fix, removing our transmitters. And we thought that that was not fair. That transmitter is not the property of NCA nor the national security. These are our property. What NCA has done is to give us authorization to broadcast. So they are saying that radio stations, including my radio station, we have been doing programs that they think that will affect the peace of Boko. Yes, you know the problem, the radio stations in Boko is either Kosasis or Mampuses who are the owners of this. This is a fact. And we, we live in a society where we have a prolonged conflict from 20, uh, 2001 up to date. And when there is something 
and it's trending. National media is discussing it. We as local radio says, of course, we will also discuss it. They block women around the Puzga district and kill. National media is discussing. We also discuss it. When we discuss it and we register our displeasure that the security should be doing more than they are doing, then there's a problem that we are discussing Boko Chiktan Senaka. So they are not being very fair with us. We are discussing the issue just like any other media house will discuss these issues. So you suspect one of those discussions that's caused... Yes, because constantly we have had, you know, one side of the few vaccines have been using it to, you know, insult the chief of the area and then say things that are not welcoming and that kind of thing. Let's get talking and joining me on the phone is the Director of Consumer and Corporate Affairs, Nana Defier. Uh, Badu, for more on this, uh, welcome to the program. Tell us what led to the closure of these radio stations. Uh, were they invited for discussions on why their stations needed to be closed down? Thank you, and then um, good morning. Thanks for having me to explain um, what the NCA did on Saturday. So the NCA received um, a letter from the National Security um, the National Security had done some investigations, and I believe we are all aware of what's going on in Bombay. And based on the monitoring and then the investigations that the National Security had done, they had um, come to the realization that some of the actions of these four radio stations, right, um, had actually led to some situations, some negative situations, if I may call it that way, right. resulting. Um, in some loss of life and some properties. So based on that, national security informed the NCA. And I should say that the NCA, um, under Section 131E of the Electronic Communications Act, the NCA invoked its powers. And then the, um, the Act states, and let me read it here for you, it says that the authority may suspend or revoke a license or frequency authorization where the suspension or revocation is necessary because of national security or is in the public interest. I think it's also important for us to note that the NCA does not monitor content. Okay. And so um, we work with the national security based on their um, intelligence. actions or their intelligence to maintain within that area. So what, that is what happened on Saturday. Right. We spoke to one of the general managers of the radio stations. He said they have been unfairly treated because they were not informed uh, prior to the shutdown. Did you inform them before shutting down the radio stations? Experience has given us some form of um, what we would call uh, some standard operating procedures. And in most areas where we are likely to face some negative um, actions from the people, it is very important that to maintain peace within um, for the shutdown period, we do not give prior notice. I believe that um, you will understand with me that sometimes if you give these prior notices, we will go there and that probably results in some class or some negative um, behaviors there. But that is our standard operating procedure for shutting down the station. Okay, uh, thank you very much uh, for your time this morning. Now, meanwhile, the development has already sparked reactions among residents who say they are unhappy with the actions of the NCA. NCA have something, every radio station has something we call Skype, that they can sit 
wherever they are to monitor the radio station, their programs, and whatever they are doing. So they could have get people to monitor this radio station, get to know the, co the corporate, and then sanction them accordingly. But if you wait, and now that two to three months now, we have not recorded any violence in the Boku enclave, and you are closing radio stations in Boku because of the conflict in Boku. And what about Wale Wale? What is happening there? Yesterday, as I speak, a car was attacked in Wale Wale, and people were injured badly. Wale Wale is now becoming more crime scene than Boku, but nothing, no KFU, no arrests have been happening there. But if it is because of the Boku conflict that NCA is closing it, I thank them for that. But they have to also know that there are some other things they have to do. Facebook is one of the dangerous tools that has escalated the Boku conflict up to this point. We're having Facebook account, Sibdo account called the Moshinaba, the Boku links, who have caused more violence, who have caused more a lot of life that have lost in Boku. They will post your picture, next two, three days you are killed. They will post your picture, next three, five days you are killed, turning people to motherless, turning people to fatherless. And yet they cannot uh, investigate and arrest these civil accounts, but they are rather closing radio stations. Right now, some people during KV hours can even visit a community and kill three, four, five. About last year, some people visit a community called Barrett and killed eight individual at a go. radio it will create attention everybody will be aware the mental will run and go but now we are doomed like a blind man pulling a blind man so let's stay a while on this issue and get on zoom and speak with my colleague in the upper east region albert sorry on the situation there albert uh, do we know what led to the closure of these four radio stations what has been the reaction of residents yeah so um one of the things that um, is often talked about when uh, the Boko conflict is being discussed is how uh, some radio stations, um, you know, use certain programs and uh, invite panelists and sometimes uh, phone in contributors to uh, talk about the conflict. And sometimes uh, the comments that are made uh, tend to uh, incite people against each other. Um, this discussion has been ongoing for some time. And so um, I know that in the past, there were even attempts to close down uh, some stations. So this is not the first time uh, this is happening. And so um, I believe that this uh, recent closure um, has been coming for a long time, except that uh, the, the nature of, of how the uh, radio stations were closed down, didn't, you know, um, go down well with a lot of people, especially since uh, the radio stations were not given uh, prior notice before they were closed down. Some of them were running their programs and all of a sudden uh, military men came in and, you know, removed their transmitters uh, before serving them letters which told them why they were being closed down. Mm. And so this is why uh, some people, you know, think that there should have been a prior notice. There should have been some form of discussion with uh, the radio station managers, right. uh, the owners, etc. Well, Albert, uh, we spoke to the authorities this morning, and they mentioned that they did not give them prior notice because 
there could have been some form of resistance. That's why they failed to uh, give prior notice. But help us understand how you know, big these radio stations are and how it is impacting residents today. Yeah, so uh, Bopo is not such a, uh, a, a big town, um, but these radio stations are located at various areas. A lot of them are, are community radio stations in Kenya, right. and so they tend to have just community coverage. And these are the programs, I mean, the radio stations that have programs that detain the people and also give them information. Uh -huh. So because of that, um, it, it will sort of... Uh, take away something from the people because um, although some of them get to listen to national uh, networks on TV, etc., okay. these are the radio stations that also have programs that are tailored for the local audience in, in local languages uh, uh, and so on and so forth. So um, now they, they are going to be denied that and um, this is how it's going to affect Right, Albert Sorry is our resident correspondent in the Upper East Region. Thank you very much. To more stories this morning, as founder and president of Imani Africa, Franklin Kujo says scores of Ghanaians are financially stressed due to the unemployment crisis in the country. Speaking on the probe with Benjamin Akakpo, Mr. Kujo described the situation as a disastrous one and a security threat that has to be addressed immediately. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit worried that as we speak right now, even those of us who are supposed to be gainfully employed, well, gainfully in Gainfully employed, I cannot make ends meet uh, most of the times, and I right. think I saw a good mutual study. I think somewhere close to last year, that suggested that two thirds of Ghanaians are financially stressed, um, which means that even when you are, even for those of us, even for those people who are supposedly employed, um, they, they, they are, their earnings do not take them throughout to to that to that. They did not see the end of the month with their earnings really. Mm. So it beggars belief, really, to think that close to 2 million people can be living, men and women, who are supposedly educated, uh, cannot find jobs, or could not find good, good employment. And that's a recipe for disaster. I mean, it's like a ticking time bomb we are sitting. But it's one of the most serious national security issues I suspect we should be dealing with uh, as we speak right now. So those numbers are stuck. And it appears the, the numbers are increasing mm. and uh, that even the solutions are not necessarily uh, that coherent right now as we speak from the various political parties. You hear one million jobs here and there. Uh, you do not see a coherent picture yet. Of course, we'll, we'll, we'll delve into those matters. Uh, but it seems to me that we've created a situation, a country where only certain centers of um, certain centers, towns and cities attracting people, but even then they are not finding meaningful jobs. In a related development, economist Kwame Pieni has described the increasing unemployment rate as a threat to the development of the country's economy. According to him, the government must explore and utilize the country's natural resources to create employment avenues for the ordinary Ghanaian for optimum benefit. He spoke on the AM show with Benjamin Akapo. Ghana today is a bit worrying. Uh, when you think about the youth, what is my generation bequeathing to the youth? How are we going to get out of the economic crisis we are in so that we can generate jobs for the youth? Uh, so that we are not training nurses, doctors, 
engineers, teachers, for them to go and grow the economies of Canada, US, uh, European Union, and uh, uh, some of the Asian countries. Uh, these are my worries, you know, how do we get Ghanaians to save and invest in this country so that we can uh, exploit our tremendous natural resources for the benefit of the average Ghanaian. Uh, look, uh, what is wrong with Ghana? Uh, policies uh, that are not uh, right and then also of course together in Africa the leadership deficit but when you take the natural resources we've been blessed with and in 2024 the human skills we have is unimaginable uh, we have close to maybe uh, 350, 400,000 Ghanaian professionals, technocrats, engineers in the diaspora. These are all people when the economy starts moving in the right direction and they come home, they will add value to the economy. So yes, there is hope. What we need is to put our heads together and move in a transformational Pass. Let's have a conversation on the back of this and speak with labor economist at the University of Ghana, Dr. Prince Ajay. For more on this, Dr. Ajay, welcome to the program. The talks about unemployment has been rife this week. You know, uh, over 14.7% of Ghana's workforce are unemployed. What sort of threats does this pose to the country? Thank you very much for the opportunity and um, good morning to your cherished viewers. Um, well, unemployment is a very, um, you know, important subject within the economic space. In macroeconomics, we have mentioned that uh, unemployment and inflation are the twin devils and that bedevils every economy. And so every central government objective is to try and mitigate the impact of um, unemployment and also bring down inflation to various minimum. And so um, when the issue of unemployment uh, comes to the fore, um, it's, it is uh, um, an issue that requires a lot of considerable attention. Now let me come to the substantive matter you just asked. Um, in Ghana, for instance, our issue of unemployment is basically youth unemployment and we have a population where uh, you know it's a youth population the ILO has estimated that in a few years to come uh, Africa is going to experience what we call the youth bout right and what that means um, is that um, the, the, the youth population is going to outstrip the adults population and so if you have a situation where majority of your populace um, is idle, they are educated, but they do not have jobs to do, okay. then uh, what it means is that they need to explore other means. Uh, like the good book says, the devil finds work for the idle hands. And so um, we can look at the issue of migration, uh, we can look at the issue of radicalization, uh, we can look at the issue of uh, 
you know, social order. These are, you know, lines that we could discuss uh, do, do you think we're not taking advantage of our youthful population? To a large extent, I, I, I think that um, this very government, um, you know, has initiated some measures. Uh, within the first term, they introduced uh, MAPCO, they introduced the NEIP. Um, I suspect that the brain behind these measures uh, were basically to absorb the, the, the teaming numbers of unemployed youth. So in one breath, I, I would say that some effort have been made. Okay. However, I think that there is more room for improvement. Uh, you know, more opportunities must be given to young people. Uh, um, the macro conditions needs to be stabilized, favorable right. for private hands to be able to. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Okay, Dr. Prince Jay is an economist at the University of Ghana. Thank you very much for your time this morning. Moving on, the Northern Electricity Distribution Company is embarking on a revenue mobilization drive aimed at retrieving funds owed them by defaulters. The move, according to the company, is to enhance its financial standing and address challenges and outstanding payment issues. Let's speak to the PRO of Netco Al Hassan Ababa and understand what form of uh, what form this exercise is going to take and which areas will be covered. Welcome to uh, Joy News Desk on the Joy News Channel. It's my pleasure. Right. So uh, help us understand how is this going to take shape and which areas are you looking at? Um, in fact, we are looking at covering all our operational areas, which okay. include the Ahapu region, the Bono region, the Bono East region, Savannah region, northern region, northeast, upper east, and upper west region. These are the areas we cover wholly. We also make some significant incursions into parts of Ashanti and then the western north region as well as Kochi region. So all of these places would be touched by this uh, exercise that has just begun today. Mm. Your exercises are usually uh, very difficult to do because sometimes you can be met with machetes, cutlasses, and all that. How are you manning yourself, arming yourself? Are you going with security? Are you going alone? How is it going to be like? Yes, uh, not arming sense. However, we've made uh, some security arrangements uh, to ensure needless fracas completely or reduced to the barest minimum. Okay. Uh, as long as this exercise is concerned. Mm. And uh, how much are you owed? Can you tell us? Uh, a little over one billion Ghana cities. And how much do you wish to retrieve from this exercise? Uh, we, we intend to collect everything. We intend to collect everything because uh, I'm sure you've been following our exercises in the past. And uh, you will recall that we've done this uh, about three times already and this is the fourth phase of it. And so every customer who is in our arrears has, in one way or the other, been informed of his or her indebtedness. And uh, 
they've made some attempts in the past to enter into some payment arrangement with us. We are only following on that arrangement to ensure that whatever is due us, we are taking. Mm. Uh, so we intend to collect everything. And how long is this exercise going to last? Uh, tentatively, we are looking at uh, wrapping it up on the 15th of March, but that is only tentative. Depending on how the exercise goes, we may want to extend it, but for now, that is what we are looking at. Okay. Uh, Alhassan Ababa, thank you very much. He's the PRO for NETCO. Let's still stay in the northern part of the country because the Yagbongura B. Kunuta Jewuswale is encouraging John Mahama and Dr. Mahmoud Abalmiya to prove to the country that the people of the northern region are peace-loving. This is because the flag bearers of the two main political parties in the 2024 elections are persons of northern descent. The traditional authority sees this as historic, hence the need for a peaceful process. Nana Yajima has more in the following report. Before we left office, we took a loan agreement to Parliament to create a water supply project for Damango. Our friends opposite opposed it and said that they will be coming into government. They are sure they will win the election and that when they win, they will come and do the water project. For eight years now, the people of Damango are thirsty. You don't have water to drink. What amount of money is better than having your own water supply system that will make sure that you get good water to drink? If you go to the hospital today, the majority of cases are typhoid cases. And that is because of polluted water. If not for Galus, who has brought a tanker, water tanker, and is supplying clean drinking water from place to place. Most of us would have been in hospital today. It is easy to create a region. But the region must have certain things to be called a region. The six regions that were created, they were created just in name. But the things that should go so that when you enter the region, you know this is a region, are still not there. And I can assure you that not only for Savannah region, but for all the six newly created regions, if NDC comes into power, the things that you need to be called regions, we will make sure that we provide them. Meanwhile, the flag bearer of the NDC, John Dramani Mahama, has been touring the Savannah region. Let's take a look. The Building Ghana tour of the NDC aims at taking concerns of the public to feed into the party's manifesto for the upcoming election. The tour of the Savannah region made its first stop at the Jakba Palace, where there was a meeting with the Yabonra and Savannah Regional House of Chiefs. Yabora B. Kununta Jeu Sali I admonished the former president to prioritize issues of underdevelopment, poverty, and unemployment among the youth. A speech was read on his behalf. I dare say that three problems come immediately for mention. The first of them being poverty, general poverty, countrywide poverty followed by youth unemployment. 
and finally by underemployment, particularly in the public service. These three problems, I beg to state, should be given due attention when you come back to power. The NDC flag bearer, John Dramani Mahama, expressed disappointment over the failure of the NPP administration to develop the six new regions. He says the Savannah region is no exception. It is easy to create a region, but the region must have certain things to be called a region. The six regions that were created, they were created just in name. But the things that should go so that when you enter the region, you know this is a region, are still not there. And I can assure you that not only for Savannah region, but for all the six newly created regions, if NDC comes into power, the things that you need to be called regions, we will make sure that we provide them. Meanwhile, the NDC flag bearer has bemoaned the failure of the NPP government to deal with inadequate water supply for the Savannah region. He explained previous NDC administration had made steps to construct a water supply system for the people. Before we left office, we took a loan agreement to Parliament to create a water supply project for Damango. Our friends opposite opposed it and said that they will be coming into government. They are sure they will win the election and that when they win, they will come and do the water project. For eight years now, the people of Damango are thirsty. You don't have water to drink. What amount of money is better than having your own water supply system that will make sure that you get good water to drink? If you go to the hospital today, the majority of cases are typhoid cases. And that is because of polluted water. If not for Galus, who's brought a tanker, water tanker, and is supplying clean drinking water from place to place. Most of us would have been in hospital today. A town hall meeting was later held with professional groupings at Damango. It was followed by an interaction with the non-former sector of the economy and subsequently a courtesy call on the Laribanga chief imam. For Joy News, Nanayao Jima, Savannah Region. Still on politics, MPP Manifesto Advisor on the MPP Manifesto Committee is urging Ghanaians to give Dr. Mahmoud Baumia a chance to serve Ghana as president. Kwame Pieni says as vice president, Dr. Baumia has proven that he can develop the country, a reason he's advocating for a chance to prove his worth. He has been speaking with Benjamin Akakwo on the AM show. Uh, Baumia came up with 70 ideas how he was going to run the economy trimming down the size of government that's i take to heart that he's prepared uh, to be able to do and if he's able to do that expenditures become the big problem of this economy is uh, uh, the size of government mm. you know uh, people are talking about you know uh, 24 hour economy i don't understand what is it 
We don't even have electricity for one shift. Where are we going to get electricity for three shifts? We started the okay, idea of a, we don't we don't have excess power anymore. You start you started by talking about the independent power producers and all. Yeah. That. We don't have we are not Look, maximizing the power. We, we started uh, a 24 hour economy. I was minister of finance. We told PWD all the repairs you do it in the night. Okay. The traffic will move. When they started doing that, the managers were refusing to go and so forth. I didn't have electricity uh, to go around. I don't have the security to go around, okay? So let's think through everything carefully and say, what can we do now? You know, some of the ideas uh, that Baumea is coming up with, value addition and all that, let's give him a chance. Well, Kwame Pieni is also asking former President John Mahama to carefully define his 24-hour economy mantra and explain how it will be implemented. So you're talking about Mahama's 24-hour policy, and you say it's not practical. We, we, we don't have details. Hmm. Uh, there's nowhere in the world where there's a 24-hour economy. Incentivizing the system, electricity look, and all of that. Look, uh, whole city there's a 24-hour economy where True. Times square only True. people need place where there's quiet where they can sleep go to california los angeles there's a 24-hour economy where a special place mm. so in ghana you can create a 24-hour economy somewhere right. i don't want a 24-hour economy next door to me i need to sleep eight hours to be able to go and work but, but okay. i don't think that that is what has been said that is going to be everywhere at the same time that's that's not what has been said i, I, I think that uh, you know politicians give geometry i say one more details right it is good for us it doesn't matter what is president mahama who bring the idea of 24-hour economy right or uh Bahamia, whoever become president will implement right it's good for us we need stable electricity for eight hours one shift if the power is there we need uh, people to have three shifts right. you create jobs that's fine one to intensify production <coughs> we have to review the tax system so that uh, i mean we promised uh, to have a production economy and move away from tax Taxes. we didn't succeed because we rushed Away from politics, the 2023 Joy News Impact Makers Award winner for the Bunu region, Jefferson Kwisi Agbutru, has urged the vulnerable and physically challenged not to undermine the abilities they possess, but to strive to make positive impacts in their communities. Through his organization, the Friends of Health Association, Mr. Agbutru presented assorted food items to over 55 vulnerable persons in the Sunyani municipality, where he challenged them to make good use of the abilities starting from a change in mindset. Precious Semivo has more. According to Jefferson Kwesia Gotro, 2023 Bono Region winner of the Joy News Impact Makers Award, the Friends of Health Association FOHES Human Venture Food Project aims at addressing the sustainable go one and hunger among the poor and vulnerable, selected with the Social Welfare Department from communities in the Sunyani municipality. Assorted food items including rice, oil, milk, and milo were given to each of the over 55 beneficiaries, including a 42-year-old physically challenged mother of two, Felicia Frimpoma. 
enti masetena de nkoyi kura asa hwiti ameti su kura ase nso stena eno ana miusu sese masetena de mse kuyi ma mi ana meboa nso madaro mama boa mi ne se Mr. Gotro relished the impact of the gesture on the people. We are looking at lives that are changed. We are also looking at the kind of, at least the relief that is going to bring upon the family. And to a larger extent, it's also going to relieve government of some of the things that otherwise it should have done. And by that, we are going to reduce crime rates. Sometimes people do other things because there's no even food to eat. And a hungry man is an angry man. So that is why this food project, we are looking at expanding it more so that more people can actually fall into the bracket. He, however, employed them to avoid undermining their abilities and strive to make positive impact with them in their communities. So basically, is to tell them that, yes, they are important, they are significant. They should not demean themselves. They should not undermine the abilities that they have. They should be happy in whatever state that they find themselves and see what they can do with their available strength that they have. So uh, sometimes people may not marginalize you, but you yourself through the thinking pattern. So the ideas to encourage them. And today we have people with, who are physically challenged, who have occupied greater position. You can give food to people, but if you don't touch the mind, sometimes it becomes a problem. So that they themselves can also see what they can also do in order to help. Mr. Gautreau appealed for support to reach out to more vulnerable people. I want to first and foremost thank uh, our partners, Joy News, for what Joy News is doing uh, over the year, projecting what we are doing. We are very grateful. And then to our partners, Iman Venture in the United Kingdom, all for her members and all who donated. Moving forward, this is a project that must be sustainable. And if it will be, we'll need a donation of individuals. Those who are in the corporate world, they will get in touch with Joy TV so that we can scale and expand more people. Let's continue to support to make society a better place. Here are some of the beneficiaries. Precious Semevo Joy News, Sunyai. Return from the break with the latest in business. Stay tuned. Hi, good morning. Welcome to business. My name is Daru Kwao. President Kufado says his government plans to increase investments in technical and vocational education and training. He says this is key to contribute to the fight against unemployment in Ghana. Speaking at the 10th anniversary of the Lebanese Community Scholarship Program, President Ekofado urged more stakeholders to join in the fight against unemployment. The scholarship was initiated by the Lebanese community in Ghana in 2014. The scholarship scheme aimed to assist outstanding students, irrespective of their background, to pursue uninterrupted education. President Ekufado highlighted some key projects as government intends to embark to solve the unemployment menace in Ghana. The importance of education the world over cannot be stated enough. This is because no country has been able to shed the evils of poverty, ignorance and disease with a largely illiterate population. The truth is that countries like Malaysia, Singapore and South Korea, countries with whom we began our independence journey, have made it simply by wiping out illiteracy and empowering generations of citizens with the skills to power their nation's development. We in the new Patriotic Party 
party from which my government is born believe in freedom, freedom of association, freedom of speech, freedom of opportunity. Freedom presupposes the citizen's ability to make informed choices. Citizens can only make informed choices. They are empowered with the capacity to make those choices. The best one with which an informed choice can be made is education. The Lebanese community in Ghana in January 2024 awarded 12 students from the University of Ghana School of Law with scholarships to aid their academic journey. Now, Managing Director of Enterprise Insurance, Akusia Ansa Entry, is calling for more innovative initiatives to spur the growth of the insurance sector. According to her, this is key to drive growth within the insurance space here in Ghana. Speaking to Joy Business at the company's centenary anniversary Thanksgiving service, she reiterated the need to increase penetration. The Thanksgiving service was in commemoration of business centennial celebration. Kosia and Sainchi said, the move for innovative initiative has become necessary to improve the sector's contribution to gross domestic product, currently hovering around 2%. We are celebrating all of them. But as we look to the future, as leaders uh, in this industry, it's important that we remain a beacon of security, reliability, and stability for all our stakeholders. Because we need to continue to protect that legacy. And so as we go into the futures, um, we are going to make sure that the interests of our stakeholders are protected. Stoma Centricity. So we believe the customer is the king. I know everybody, every company will say the customer is the king, but for us, the customer is even King Kong. Um, we are willing and ready to listen to the needs of our customers and meet them at that point of need. We are also looking at innovation. I mean, uh, you can't continue to do the same things that we were doing in the past. What's worked for us in the past 100 years will not work for us as we go forward. The anniversary was under the theme, Celebrating Our Legacy, Securing Your Future. And that's it for this segment. The news continues after the break. Welcome back. Residents in the Afetapo enclave of the whole West District struggle to survive as they lack access to basic social amenities in their communities. Life is unbearable in the enclave due to the unavailability of a health center, electricity and portable water. Fred Kwame Asari has the rest of the story. The Avetako enclave consists of about seven satellite communities settled on the boundaries of the Kalakwari Reserve in the West District. It is arguably the most deprived enclave in the Volta region. Residents here survive on peasant farming, hunting, animal rearing, and gari production. The communities do not have access to potable water. Two boreholes in Avetako, which they rely on, produce saline water. Due to their impoverished lifestyle, they are compelled to fall on frog-infested dams. They explain they have to fetch the muddied water and allow it to settle overnight. Mm. 
a community health post constructed by the member of parliament, Emmanuel Bejra, is not operational as health workers have rejected posting to the satellite community. Residents travel on motorbikes on the deployable road to access health care in Joapon, which is about an hour's journey. <laughs> A rural electrification project has stalled after high tension posts were erected, while those of lower tension are yet to be erected. Joint news check revealed that the contractor abandoned the project due to the lack of transformers and other materials. In the absence of electricity, the residents adopted the use of solar energy to charge their phone batteries. This development is affecting their economic activities and livelihoods. It is the prayer of the residents that a benevolent individual or an organization comes to their aid and provide them with potable water while calling on the government to fast-track the rural electrification project. Fred Kwame Asari, Joy News, Avetakbu. Welcome back. Head pastor and two other members of the glorious Pleroma Ministries in Tema were left stranded after the vehicle where they were traveling in was guarded by fire. The occupants of the car were returning from Somenya in the eastern region where they officiated a wedding ceremony. A thick smoke billows from the Opel Astra vehicle belonging to the head pastor of the glorious Pleroma Ministries with three people aboard when it caught fire. The people were returning from a wedding ceremony where the pastor served as the officiating minister. About two minutes' drive from the Astrari Junction, an eyewitness account indicated that the vehicle sparked fire without the realization of the occupant of the vehicle. A thick smoke that suddenly billowed from the engine drew their attention, but before they could stop, the whole vehicle was engulfed in flames. They, however, escaped unhurt but could not salvage anything from the vehicle. For nearly an hour, the stranded commuters looked on helplessly as Inferno consumed their property. Peter Kupwalo, a junior pastor with the Glorious Pleroma Ministries, who was on board the vehicle, spoke to Joy News. We were on our way from Somania, and then um, all of a sudden, somebody shouted that there is fire under uh, our car. 
And then before we could say Jack, the, um, we realized smoke was coming out of the fire. So the moment we stopped, fire engulfed all the cars. So we just had to rush out. So we couldn't pick out anything. Everything just got burnt. This car, the, um, the engine was just um, changed this week. I think the car came back from the fitting shop on Friday. So we bought a new engine and then changed it. So I'll say the engine is in shape. Everything is in shape. So um, yes, anything is possible. But um, at this point, we can't. Uh, I don't know what to attribute it to. Um, the cause of the fire has not been ascertained. That's it for now, but the news team returns at midday with joy news today. My name is Kenneth. Jesse, bye-bye.